0: so thankful to have been a part of this journey, this, this church's journey now for, oh man, mean, I want to say, I want to say four years, four, maybe four years. And um, this is actually, I was counting it up, I think this is my fifth time in some capacity bringing a word to local city church. And so uh, I don't take it for granted, I'm so glad to be here and, and you can probably tell by now I'm not from around here. <laughs> But I am from around here now because I'm a Florida resident, and I also just became a citizen. Yeah, come on, somebody. The glory of the Lord has fallen in my, my house, and so I'm a citizen of the great land called the United States of America, and, but I am from Australia, and I'm so grateful for where I'm from. But um, praise God, God's got me somewhere I'm going to. And so it's the same for you today. I'm really believing God's got a word for you um, in his house and from his word. I hope you came to church expectant for God to speak. Um, I'm just really, really excited about this season. I think God's doing something amazing in this church right now. I've been a part of the journey long enough to have seen enough of it to think, man, God's doing something. It's really special. It's really special. So greetings from the north part of the state. Our church is Colonial Church, St. Augustine. You're welcome anytime to come. And uh, if you stop through and um, you want to come to church, come to church at Colonial. We would love to have you uh, anytime. Do you bring your Bible today? Open with me to Psalm. Everybody say Psalm. Psalm, Psalm 92. Open it up there and we're going to be reading from God's Word today. He's going to speak to us. And um, I'm excited to bring this message. This message is probably what I would call a house message for our church. So I think a lot of churches bring a specific type of message um, to the community and the world that they're a part of, and God really anoints churches for a specific reason. And there are a lot of similarities between our church and this church, and even just that, that tagline, bringing hope local, I just love it. And I think it's so powerful, and it's really what this church is doing. But in Psalm 92, we see an amazing promise. And so the title of this message, if you're looking for a title, it's called Planted and Flourishing. I think you guys have some notes as well. But it's all from Psalm 92, and I'm going to read it to us. It's a beautiful psalm. It's a Sabbath psalm. And what's important about that is it's a psalm that would be read uh, on the day of rest for God's people to remind them of some certain things, of some certain truths, some certain promises that are also available for us today, which is so cool. So here we go. Psalm 92, starting in verse 1, it says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord. We've already done that, haven't we? Awesome. It's good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning, your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, the melody of the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the work of your hands, I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know, the fool cannot understand, that though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever." For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. Everybody say, fresh oil. It's a reference to God's Holy Spirit. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. And here we go, verse 12, which is our verse for today. The righteous flourish like the palm tree. And grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today, Lord. We're so grateful that it speaks life into us, it helps us, it shapes us, it molds us. So, Lord, as I teach from the Word today, Father. I pray that you would help me move out of the way so you can be in the way, so you could show the way forward, Lord, with your Word. I thank you, God, for every single person that's here, every family that's represented here at Local City Church. God, I pray you'd bless your people today, that you'd give them a Word, Lord, that you would give them something, nourish them, Lord, nourish souls today, God. And Father, I pray specifically over this church, Lord, I ask that you would bless it, protect it, keep it, and use it, Lord, for your goodness and your glory and your grace in the city of Tampa. Father, I pray because this church is here that this city would never be the same. Father, this area, this community that we're in, this this part of Tampa City, God, I just pray that it would be completely changed, Lord, in the months, weeks, seasons to come because of what you're doing through your people here at this church. God, I thank you for the power. The power that resonates in God's people is so amazing and we're so in awe of what you do in our lives. And we all said? Come on, we can do better than that. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Well, I hope this mic is okay. Turn me up or down, whatever you want to do, I'm good. I'm just going to preach. But I just pray that God would use me today to speak to you. That, 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 That this wouldn't be you just listening to a message, but this would be you hearing from God. And I pray that when you come to church, that's what would happen. That you wouldn't just show up. You can just show up to church. Everyone can just show up to church. But man, sometimes it's so amazing when we come into church saying, God's going to speak to me today. He's going to use this preacher today to speak to me. And I pray that's what would happen in your life. Never come to church to be entertained. Come to church to enter in. To enter in to God's promises, which is that he wants to speak to you. All right. I've never met anyone who didn't want to be blessed by God. I've never met anyone who didn't want a successful life, who didn't want to prosper in some way, that didn't want to see God move in a powerful way, to see the blessing and the overflow. Yet I've met many people that, that, that want that, but maybe wouldn't go through the process to get that, if that makes sense. There are a lot of people out there that want to be blessed that maybe don't want to go through the work required to be blessed. A lot of people want to flourish. But sometimes it's hard for people to get a revelation and to understand what it looks like to be planted. They're two different things, but God combines them. You can't have one without the other. Sometimes that's what can happen in our lives as Christians is we can want the good things in God, but sometimes we're not willing to go through the things that he wants us to go through so we can have the good things. Does that make sense? So you want to flourish, but are you willing to be planted? Sometimes that's the question that we see in Scripture. It's like, man, I would love that, but what's it going to take? It's going to take this. There are three pictures of your life in the Bible I want to tell you about right now. There's three ways that the Bible describes your life and my life. The first is like a sheep. In the Bible, it talks about you and I being like sheep. Turn to your neighbor and say, bah. But the Bible talks about us like sheep, that we are the sheep of his Pasture that we are. We're, we're like sheep. That we have a shepherd, don't we? Yeah. Jesus is our good shepherd. He talks as a, He talks. The Bible describes your life and my life as like like sheep. Another way that the Bible describes your life and my life is like a house that we can build our house, that wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, can build the house of our lives, and our lives represent like a house. Um, Jesus even talked about building on a firm foundation and being like the man who builds on the rock, not the man who builds on sand. So the Bible talks about our lives growing up like houses, but there's a a third way the Bible describes us. It's like a tree. And we see that here in verse 12. It says, the righteous flourish like the palm tree. And grow like a cedar, another tree, in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord and they flourish. And then it goes on and it says this. It says, they still bear fruit in old age. In old age. They are ever full of sap and green. The spiritual potency of your life, the ability to bless people with the fruitfulness that comes by being planted, it's everlasting. And it goes into every single season in life, so here's the conviction that I have for this church, for you as you step. Maybe you're a new uh, attendee at Local City Church. This is my conviction today. This is the burden for the message that maybe you could see your life as like this tree. That if you are willing to be planted in the soil of the ground of this church, which I believe, by the way, is good soil, that the Local City Church has pastors that love Jesus. Come on, somebody. But not just that. Love Jesus, but love where they're called to reach, which is Tampa. And so I just want to, I want to encourage you to go with me today to consider your life as like the tree that could be planted in the soil of God's choosing. And as you plant yourself in this house, blessing will come. Flourishing will be your life's experience. A fruitful life that benefits others will be what happens. And God's faithfulness will become your testimony, will become your story. And that you, like the psalmist says, you will declare the steadfast love of God in every single season. And how does that all happen? It's because you decided to be planted. You decided to get into the ground of God's calling. So I want to take this analogy today. So I'm going to basically combine all the, all the different messages in this series that I've done. I've preached this series four times in our church's history. We've been going eight years as a church, and there are so many things about this church that remind me of some of those early years in our church. And so it's such an honor to me, for me to preach this message because there's so much of it, it relates and it translates, and it's the same sort of thing. But I'm going to take all those messages and I'm going to try to put them into one, okay? So stick with me. But there's four things you need to be planted. The first is this. You need a seed. Okay, so put that, put that down in your notes. You need a seed. You need to begin with a seed. Isn't it interesting that God uses the smallest of all things, naturally speaking, to bring about the greatest of all blessings, naturally speaking? In creation, we see the way God works spiritually. Do you know that? That everywhere you look in creation, you can actually see the spiritual parallel that we read in our Bibles. So God takes us a seed that's this small. If I held a seed up right now, you could not see it. It's that small. But he'll use something that small to grow the largest of trees that we could see with our own eyes. Everything in the kingdom of God starts with a seed. You know, maybe you've heard a preacher say this, but I could open up an apple right now and show you a seed. We could, we could actually find how many seeds are in an apple. But only God knows how many apples are going to come from every one of those seeds. This is the power of your life being planted as a seed. What could God do if you decide that, you know, I'm in seed form right now. I'm brand new to church. I'm new in my faith, but, but, but maybe you're just in seed form right now. And you, if you're willing and if you're, if you're, if you're comfortable, if, you're, if, you, if you would step out and say, you know what, I'm going to choose to be planted, God could use the seed. There's three things that are important about a seed. There's power in a seed. There's potential in a seed. There's provision in a seed. It says in Zechariah 4 and verse 10, Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hands. God loves the seed moment. And you might see this church as being like, Well, you know, this church is just portable, but it's just a seed. But what God wants to do through this church, I'm telling you, nobody knows except God. And He's looking today for people that will trust Him. He's looking today for people that'll say, you know what, God, all I see is a seed, but I know what you can do with it. And I'm choosing today to rejoice like you rejoice as things begin. Even if beginning looks for you just like showing up here on a Sunday, don't despise a seed. Even beginning for you might just look like filling out the card and saying, you know what, I'm going to start to become a giver. Don't despise. Maybe it's the heart for this house offering that's coming up in a matter of a few weeks. Maybe you're in seed form right now. You say, God, I'm just going to choose to start with a seed, don't despise the small beginnings. God knows the potential of the seed that you trust him with. So number one, you're going to need a seed. Number two, you're going to need some dirt. Come on, somebody. Let's get into the process. See, this is the part where a lot of people draw back. This is the part where people, they, they start to make it. And they're just and they're like, oh, cool. Could you show up a little bit early for church? Oh. Could you show up to the group that, that we've got? Could you chop to the worship night? Just a little bit, a little bit of dirt, a little bit of uncomfortable. You've got to get in it to experience it. This is the part that I want to encourage you. Don't bail out when this moment comes. As you decide to be planted, as you decide to get in the soil of God's choosing, if you're called to be at this church, you've got to get in the dirt. You've got to get into it. And Jesus in Matthew 13 He talks about the kingdom of God as being like a seed that's put in certain types of soil. You know this story? It's called the parable of the sower. And he goes on and he he talks about um, the the sower went out to sow and the seed gets sown on rocky ground. Um, This is verse 5. And they didn't have any soil and immediately it sprang up. And since they had no depth of soil, when the sun rose, they were scorched. And it says in verse 8, other seeds fell on good soil. Good soil. And look at this. And produced grain. Some a hundredfold, sixty, some thirty. He, he who ear, has ears, let him hear. You've got to embrace the dirt if you want to be planted. And you've got to keep the soil good, healthy, vitalized. But you've got to be willing. In, in, when, when it comes to being planted in church life, can I just encourage you, as, as have been planted in church for a long time, but also encouraging now people to be planted, is you've got to embrace the dirt. It's going to be a bit uncomfortable. If you want to to really see the flourishing life at times, it's going to get a little bit uncomfortable. The The best part right now is I'm the guest preacher, so I can say some things. I'm going to say some things that maybe you don't necessarily want to hear, but I'm going to say them anyway. Dirt isn't perfect, but it's necessary. This is why, because it holds the seed. It nourishes the seed. And it also gives the seed the foundation for the growth. This is the timing. This is the, the part where we just say, God, I'm trusting you in this soil. But there's something else you've got to do with soil. You've got to deal with the weeds. So when it comes to being planted, there are going to be some weeds that come along in your garden, let me tell you. There are going to be some weeds that pop up. Jealousy is going to pop up. That's a weed. Envy is going to pop up. That's a weed. Deception is going to pop up. The enemy is going to try to deceive you, take you off track. That's a weed. There's another weed. It's called lies. You might encounter this weed in church life. Can I just encourage you? It's just a weed. But you don't just let those weeds just hang out in your garden. You've got to pull them out. You've got to get rid of them. You've got to remove them. Another weed that comes along, especially today, is Comparison. This is a weed. The grass is not greener over there. The grass is greener wherever you attend to it, the wh- wherever you're willing to put the focus. And, and can I just encourage you? It's, it, we can get so easily enamored by, by other places and spaces, but can I just encourage you? If God's called you here, this is where it's at. Don't let comparison take you off track. Here's another weed I want to talk about, the weed of distance. Write this down. Distance creates distortion. Now, we're talking about church life. We can miss one time. It's fine. You can miss even a few weeks. It's okay. We all have stuff going on. I know your pastors are not freaking out because you missed one week, or you went on a vacation, or you had to go away for a few weeks because whatever reason, vacation, travel, all kinds of things. But isn't it interesting what happens to some people when it's like four, five, six weeks, few months go by? Then this amazing thing starts to happen. The enemy has a doorway in to say certain things. And start, people start to believe things. And then this distorted reality starts to come over people. And people start saying things like, well, I'm, I don't know if I'll go back there because I'm not sure if they really loved me anyway. I, I don't know if they... did." Are they mad at me? Because I'm probably just not, not going to go back. And the enemy has a field day in this time. People start saying things like this. Oh, well, they're just judging me. That's totally untrue. People say things like, well, you know, I'm not sure if I really got fed there anyway. I remember one time in our church, I can say this because I'm the guest preacher. Someone came to me early days of our church, and they said, well, you know, I just don't think that the messages are theologically deep enough for me here. And I just stood back. I actually laughed. Probably not the right thing to do in that moment. But I said to them, I said, okay, so you're asking me to do what you're not willing to do. And I said, trust me, there is enough theological depth everywhere you look right here. Distance creates distortion. You stay planted in the soil and you allow the seed to get the growth it needs. You will grow. But just, I just want to encourage you, especially, and this is a warning time for this age. You know, the internet is great for many things, but it's a robber in, in many areas. And one of the ways I believe that it can rob us is if we can think we can get fed or be planted just online. And I know we have an online family that are tuning in. Hopefully you guys are in the mix. And and that's a great thing as well. I love that people in our church, when they go on the road, they they watch church or they go on vacation, they watch church. It's a blessing. But don't let the enemy get a foothold in this area. Because distance can create distortion. Embrace the dirt. Deal with the weeds. So now that you've got some dirt, number three, you need some water. You know, Jeremiah 17 in verse 7, Jeremiah said this, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted, look at this, by water that sends out its roots by the stream. So, so the water helps um, nourish it in a way, the life of a believer, and then shoots the life of a believer out towards the water sources. And it actually is what helps you continue to grow and stay well supplied. And it says, and, when the, and it does not fear when the heat comes... For its leaves remain green, and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. The reason the house of God is so important is because it's where you get all the water you need. You get water. You know, you can't survive naturally without water. You can survive three minutes without air. You can survive three days without water. But can I just encourage you, spiritually speaking, you need water. You need, you need the water. You need consistent watering. And there's five ways that you get water, spiritually. The first is prayer. The second is reading your Bible. The third is worship. The fourth is being in church. And the fifth is being in a group. I'm going to say those again because those are important. Some of you are like, man, this is like revolutionary stuff. But I'm telling you, this is, this is the five water wells spiritually. Praying, reading the Word, worship, church, and groups. Now, I want you to notice something about those water wells. You get every single one of those at church. You get every single one of those water sources here at church. And we've done them already. We've already prayed. We've already read the Word. We're reading the Word right now. We've already had time in worship. We're in church. And there's small groups. The Bible says that in the early church, they went from the temple and house to house. I just want to encourage you. You need the water. You're not going to survive without the water. You're not going to survive without being here and getting the water that God has for you. You get all of these things inside of God's house. I want to take as well. I want to take a moment and talk about something which is really important. It's that it's the spirit of offence that can rise up when you're trying to be planted. One of the ways the enemy takes people out more often than not is offence. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to step out here for a moment and say something. Just give it three months and you'll get offended. Maximum. I've been in church a long time. I pastor a local church. It will just be a matter of time before someone offends you in church. The question is, what will you do about it? What if we predetermined now? What if we decided right now, I know how I'm going to deal with that. I'm not going to let that moment take me. You know what offense is? Actually, if you study the word, it's bait. It's a trap that's set with bait by the enemy. For you to take you off track, to get you away from the water, come on, somebody, to get you out of the dirt, to get you pulled out, rooted out of what God's promises and plan is for your life. What will you do when offense comes your way? Because the enemy loves an offended Christian. This is why because they're completely unaffected and they're not planted. And I just want to encourage you today because I love you and I want you to be planted in the house of God and experience the promises of God and the blessing. But if you allow yourself to get offended, you won't experience it. You'll live your life offended. You'll you'll, you'll be complaining. You'll find yourself using excuses you never thought you would use. My pastor used to say this all the time. He used to say, there is no reason for any mature Christian seasoned in the Word, no reason at all for them to live their lives offended. I think it would be so awesome today if we all just decided, that from now on, we will not let a fence take us off track. We will not let, it, not let the enemy take me off my plan. Not let the enemy take me away from God's destiny for my life. But this is what grows churches. There was a guy who came to our church years ago, a guy called Andrew Denton from Australia. And he's a great kingdom builder, built a great business in Australia. He was the first person at Hillsong Church to give a million dollars. Just an amazing story. Story from starting off as a plumber to building a business, being a kingdom builder and whatnot. And I asked him, I said, Andrew, tell me what the secret has been for you being in church as long as you have and being effective as you had. And this is what he said. He said, I stayed unoffendable. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. That's a word for someone today. I'm telling you, I can feel it in my spirit. Don't let the enemy get you with offense. So number one, you need the seed. Number two, you need the dirt. Number three, you got some water. And number four, this is the best part. You need some faith. If you want to be planted, you need all of those things. And then you need faith. The Apostle Paul in his letter to the believers in Corinth this is a church, the Corinthian church was a church that was, they were, man, they were on fire for Jesus. They were, they were, they were newly saved, they were, but they were living in a rocking and rolling world. They had all kinds of stuff going on. They were, they, were, they were in some ways figuring it all out, maybe like you're right now, figuring it all out. But he makes this statement and he teaches them and talks to them about their maturity. And he talks to them about how they're growing, how they're going. So in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 1, he says, But brothers, I could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not with solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy... Look at these weeds. For while there is jealousy... Bless you. For while there is jealousy and strife among you... You see those weeds? You are, not, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Ap- Apollos, are you not being merely human? This was a church that had weeds. This was a church that had issues. They had maturity issues. They had strife. They had jealousy. They had pride. They had leadership issues going on. They had some church hurt they were dealing with. People were wondering what was going on, who's growing who, whose ministry should we follow, who should we get behind, who should we, who should we, where should we put our attention? They were not living as mature believers. But he says this, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. God is the one who grows our lives. God is the one who supplies our need. God is the one that helps us flourish. So what am I saying? I'm saying, man, we need to to be willing. We need to go through the process. We need to take God at His Word and say, I'm going to choose to do what you said you would do, God, in my life, but I'm going to choose and trust that you will grow my life. And I'm going to have faith today that as I decide to be planted here, that you're going to grow my life. You know, as we choose to grow God's house, He grows our lives. And I just pray today that you might just see a glimpse of what your life with God could look like as you choose to be trusted. Did you receive that word today? Would you stand with me? It's gonna take some faith to be planted. It's gonna take a decision to trust, maybe like you never have before. It's going to take a willingness to step out and be in a group or get on a team or say, hey, I'm going to choose to help out. I'm going to decide this month, I'm going to start giving. I'm going to believe, I'm going to take up this challenge that Pastor Ryan's been talking about. I'm going to step out in faith. It's going to take a willingness for something to happen. But I just want to read, I, I want to read these scriptures back over you again. Verse 12, 13, and 14 of Psalm 92. It says the righteous. That's you and me. Anyone who is right in Jesus Christ is the righteous. Grafted into God's family. Part of his whole deal. Says the righteous flourish like the palm tree. Grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in Him. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to take a moment right now and ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? What are you saying to me right now? How can I respond? How can I decide? How can I choose right now to take the next step, to do the next thing that you're calling. He's calling all of us to take a next step. He's calling all of us to step out in some way. And maybe you're in here today and for you that's saying yes to Jesus. It's the beginning. You are, talk about seed form. You are like, man, I I need to take the step of saying yes to Jesus today. I want to pray for you. Or maybe you're in here today and the the reality is you've been holding back on this idea of getting planted because there have been some, some things that have happened that you haven't really gotten over yet, I want to pray for you as well. Because I believe right now you're being held back from the promises of God in your own life. Maybe you're here today and it's like, man, I am offended. I am hurt. And I need to let God heal my heart. I want to pray for you today. So if God is speaking to you in any way, in any, any of those areas or in any other way, this is what I'd love for you to do. While no one's looking around, I want to pray for you. Would you lift your hand right now? Lift it up nice and high, just so I can see it all over this place. You're saying, that's me. I want to get planted. I want to choose Jesus. I want to to get over some things. Come on, just be bold right now. No one's looking around. This is between you and God. Say, yes, that's me. Just put up your hand nice and high. High enough and long enough for me to see it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lots of hands going up. I believe God's ministering to people right now. He's moving in people's hearts. He's healing people. He's speaking life into you right now. He's giving you your future. He's showing you that his future for you is bright. His blessing is incredible. But most of all, he's showing you and he's speaking to you and he's telling you that he loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much, friend. Let me pray for you. God, I just thank you right now for who you are. Lord, I just thank you for everything you're doing in this place. God, I pray. Lord, I just thank you for this beautiful church. Your beautiful, beautiful church, Lord. And Father, whilst we don't always get it right, we know that you are right. And we can trust you today. So Father, for every single person that's stepping out, that's choosing to to trust you in some way, whether it's just beginning stages of trusting you with their own lives, or if it's something else, God, I just pray that you would bless your people today. Give them grace. Give them courage, God. Help us to be planted. Give us practical wisdom as we do that. Help us to step out, Lord, and to trust you that you will move and that you can change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only He can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church/give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.